Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It's a Monday night in Snohomish County. That means it's time for Prep Sports Weekly here on KRK. Welcome, Tom Lafferty, along with Steve Willits. How are you tonight? Doing fantastic. Our final one of September already. Does that sound right? It just seems like September's been really long. <laughs> well, for me, it seems short. I guess. I guess it depends on your perspective. That's true. I can't believe October's right around the corner already. Uh, how about Friday night? Halfway through the football season. Yeah, four weeks in already, so we've already gotten some football, as well as, as other sports, and that reminds me, too, we'll be talking about our Athlete of the Month probably this time next week. We will be. Today's show brought to you by GSR Rental and Monroe, the Lake Stevens Ace Hardware Store, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County, PUD, Everett Engineering, and by Marysville Toyota. Who is on the show tonight? Coming up on the show, we have the head football coach for your alma mater, Snohomish High School, Joey Hammer. We'll hear from him in just a few moments here. We're then going to talk to the head coach for the undefeated Darrington Loggers, Shane Wright. He's done a nice job of turning that team around. They were a three-win team last year. Right now they're averaging 62.5 points per game, so we'll talk to Shane about his squad. We'll then talk to another head coach who has turned around a team from last season, another team that's undefeated, by the way, John Fiala, the head coach for Cedar Crest. They won one game last year. They're already 4-0 this year. Mm And then uh, finally, we'll hear from Rich Haldy coming up at the end of the show tonight. He is with the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. And as you know, Tom Lafferty, as uh, not only are you number one, you're an inductee into the Hall of Fame. You went in a couple of years ago. But you are also the MC for the event that's coming up on Wednesday night. So we'll, uh, we'll hear from Rich and find out who is going into the Hall of Fame this year and talk a little more about the event in general. Today's show brought to you by Smoky Point Concrete, the Buzz-In Steakhouse, Community Transit, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, and by Screen Printing Northwest. Let's take a look at football from last Friday night, Let's shall we? Let's do it. Mariner beats Marysville Getchell 33-6. Cartez Williams, Isaiah Cuellar, Isaac Aney, and Kelvin Iolalo all scored touchdowns for the Marauders. They look pretty good. They looked really good. Uh, really uh, Defensively, too, for that matter. They've yeah. only given up 35 points in four games this year. Offensively, uh, at times they looked even better than others, especially in the first quarter there. They stalled a little bit, but also give some credit to Marysville Getchell. I was impressed with them uh, for a team that's – Struggled to get in the win column this year. They've got a lot of grit and, de- and determination. So I, I enjoyed watching that game. I wasn't sure what to, to make of it when we got there that night. Right. But uh, certainly by the time it was all said and done, very impressed with the fact that Mariner is 4-0 to start the year. Oh, by the way, Glacier Peak's coming up next for them. And Getchell, like I said, I think uh, Coach Lura has done a nice job with those guys. Zach Lopez scored the first three touchdowns for the Cascade Bruins. They went at 55-21 over Jackson. Julian Thomas and Charlie Nelson each scored twice as well. Thomas had 158 yards. Lopez had 150 yards. Nelson had 75 yards. Tyler Lycan had two touchdowns scoring throws for the Jackson Timberwolves, not enough. 55-21 cascade over Jackson. Yeah, most of that was in the first half. It was 41-6 at halftime. Two teams going in completely different directions, by the way. Uh, Cascade, a team that we'll get a chance to see, I think, coming up here. We're doing the uh, the Battle of Broadway in a couple of weeks, and yeah, they just keep rolling. It was Kamiak and Skyview down at the Kiggins Bowl in Vancouver, and Skyview got the win, 48-20. Kamiak is 1-3. Manuel Iniguez, Julian Notoa, and Teandre Worthy each scored for Kamiak, but it wasn't enough against the Skyview Storm. Yeah, give it up for Kamiak. Again, sure. uh, that, that Wesco 4A 
fewer games, fewer teams, so you get to schedule a lot of non-conference games. And Kamiak, as well as some of the other teams in that league, really taking advantage of it by putting teams on their schedule that they normally wouldn't see and putting putting the hard teams on there, too. It's not just about picking up victories. They want to get tested. Then how about Lake Stevens? They got tested big time. 45-6, West Lynn of Oregon beat Lake Stevens. Probably, the I think, the surprise of the night. Hard to say. I mean, that Lake Stevens team got blown out during the state championship game last year, too, and never know what to make of West Coast teams when they start to go off and play in other parts of the, the state. And for this matter, taking off into a different state. This is a West Lynn team that's very, very competitive at the yeah. 6A level in Oregon. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised. Obviously, we'd seen Lake Stevens defeat Bellevue a couple of weeks ago. We know Lake Stevens still has some things they need to work out, but I, yeah, I did not expect to see 45-6. to six. How about 16-14? Rockland, California beats Glacier Peak. Glacier Peak took the big trip down to <laughs> down to California. The Grizzlies had a 14-0 lead in the game but scored but scored 16 straight points, gave up 16 straight points to Rockland in the fourth quarter, including a safety, and that was the difference in the ballgame. Yeah, kind of shades of Super Bowl 47, if <laughs> folks remember when San Francisco and Baltimore were playing. The lights went out in the stadium at this game. It was 14-0, I think, at the time. Right. They had to delay the game while the lights came back on, and then apparently – Somebody turned on the lights and Rockland woke up, I guess, because they scored 16 points in that fourth quarter. And what a way to lose it, too. That that was a 14-14 game. Not only was the safety the difference in terms of points, yeah. they were the final points of the game. So, rough game. But you know what? If you're Glacier Peak, it doesn't cost you a thing in the standings. No. And you know what? You got to you got to go to California. What a cool trip. Those kids will never forget it. And you got battle-tested, and you're going to be ready when you need it most. This game will help you come November when it really counts. So not not the worst loss in the world, I guess. One of our guests tonight, Cedar Crest, they uh, got the win 42-14 over the Shorewood Storm Rays. The Red Wolves were 4-0. 4-0. 1-8 last year, 4-0 this year. So we'll hear from John Fiala coming up on the show this evening. It was Stanwood 35, Mount Vernon 3. Carson Beck caught 1 and ran for two scores. Elite Stanwood Ryder and Canyon Bumgarner each score twice as well. Oh, the Bumgarner's uh, getting into the end zone more than one, huh? More than nice. one. Nice. Congratulations to them. And, yes, Stanwood, a team that we'll see this coming Friday night, right? It's uh, uh, Stilly. Stilly Cup. We haven't uh, seen Stanwood in a while, so looking forward to seeing the Spartans. It was Marysville Pilchuck edging Oak Harbor 21-19. Joseph Davis scored twice and had 180 yards rushing for the Tommies. Galen Gray also scored for Marysville Pilcher. Yeah, congratulations to them. They're, uh, they're rolling up some victories lately. How about Snohomish? They win it 43-27 over Edmonds Woodway. Mason Orgill scored five touchdowns for the Panthers. He had 10 carries for 146 yards. It was close for a while, but Snohomish pulled away late in the ballgame. Four turnovers in the last 13 minutes for Snohomish. So uh, that goes a long ways in... In uh, coming away with that, also we should mention Cole Taylor, two interceptions for Snohomish. I think one late third quarter, one in the fourth quarter. So nice job for them. Monroe, 70. Linwood, 26. Not much needs to be said about this one. <laughs> except, except 70 in the first half. Right. <laughs> Ten touchdowns in the first half. Unbelievable. <laughs> Blake Springer went 8 of 10 for 263 yards and five touchdowns. Bo Pruitt and Trey Bublitz each scored twice for the Bearcats. And I think Pruitt might have scored a third one on a, a different, I forget, special teams too. And I think Davis also had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, they just they have so many weapons. And by the way, Bublitz, we saw them play Kamiak last week. We broadcasted right. that game. Right. Bublitz, who's one of their better players, didn't even play in that game. He returned and got two touchdowns, and they were already loaded up on offense. So uh, this is a team that's I, – I, it's not the last time you're going to see big numbers from them this year. Motlake Terrace beat Shorecrest 27-6. Zavion Jones rushed for 211 yards and scored four touchdowns for your Motlake Terrace. Three, three and one, yeah, and Zavion Jones, he's a stud. 
The Mustangs scored 29 points in the fourth quarter to really pull away. Redmond beat Everett 37 to nothing to break open the somewhat close game. Yeah, and we just had coach on last week, I think, Coach Elliott. Yeah, tough, tough one for them. And yeah, they can, they can play some football over there in Kinko. Some other scores: Kings beat Blaine fifty-two to six. It was South Whidbey over Bellingham fifty-three to nine. Rex Larson led the Seahawks with two running TDs and two passing TDs. Anna Cordes forty-seven. Lakewood six. Lakewood is one and three. Yeah, a tough, tough one and three too. Those are good teams up there. The Kodiaks of Cascade of Leavenworth scored 42 points in the first quarter, and they just trounced Granite Falls 63-7 to over in Leavenworth. Undefeated Kodiaks. I think they're 4-0 yeah. this year, and they've, they've won some games. They've been very impressive in the process. Weston Gailey scored the go-ahead touchdown in the late going to propel the Turks to the win over the Redhawks. It was Sultan 28, the Sammamish Redhawks. Used to be the totems. Sammamish Redhawks, 28-21. to yeah, and uh, Sultan lost a tough one, I think, to Coopville the week before. So nice that they were able to uh, to get a one possession victory this time around. Loggers forty four, Tulalip Heritage thirty. Darrington is four and zero on the season, and only forty four points. They had scored sixty six <laughs> or more in their first three games. Right, and we're going to hear from their coach coming up here on the show as well. Coopville blanked Laconner forty six to nothing. Archbishop Murphy is now 0-3. Squalicum got the win 35-3 last Friday night. Rex Larson ran for two and threw for touchdowns to leave the Seahawks. It was, I'm sorry, the Storm. 24-21, Linden beat Cedar Woolley. 24-21, as we said. Ferndale 27, Arlington 24. Inglemore beat Meadowdale 20-8. And Linden Christian went over, played the defending 1A state champion, and got the win. Linden Christian 21, <laughs> Royal 14. And I don't have the stats in front of me, but we've talked about it before. Royal, I think it's been a while since they've lost a home game, too, if I remember right. Yeah. It's a team that loses about once every two or three years. So the <laughs> yeah. fact that you went on the road and beat them 21-14, bravo to the Lynx right there. So, Steve, let's talk a little Snohomish Panther football, shall we? we, uh, we we're picking a good time to do it. They're coming oh, yeah. off of a three-game winning streak, including Friday's exciting 43-27 victory over Edmonds Woodway. Joining us, the head coach for the Snohomish Panthers, Joey Hammer. Coach, three in a row. Congratulations on Friday's victory. Thank you very much. Yes, it was. It, I was super thankful to get out of there with the W. That was awesome. Now the score shows forty-three twenty-seven. I understand it was a fairly close game, though, most of the way. Correct your your defense kind of rose to the occasion late in the game. If I read this correctly, in the Everett Herald, four turnovers in the last thirteen minutes. Yeah, we. You know, we just we just. We just ended up trusting in one another and getting things done and trusting each other to get their job done and good things happen. You know what I mean? And and honestly, we just took – you got to seize those opportunities when they present themselves, and thankfully we did. We got a couple of critical uh, fumbles, a couple of critical picks, and our kids just – it just got our momentum back. It got that mojo, that fire going. And it was exciting. It was fun. Well, we're going to talk touchdowns and running backs in a minute here, but let's let's give a little love to the defense. Cole Taylor – did I see not one but two interceptions late in the game, correct? Oh, he did. He was just he just he honestly just was trusting his eyes, trusting what he was seeing and taking advantage of it. You know, we work on little details throughout the week and Cole's just one of those guys that he he's the hardest guy on himself and he's the hardest worker though. And so it's fun to see when he takes advantage of those opportunities and seizes them. And it was awesome. And he was mad at himself on one other one. There was a a fumbled punt we had punted and the kid had fumbled and Cole was trying to down it and not get it into the end zone so he tipped it back out well he could have recovered it for a touchdown <laughs> so he was all mad at himself but he, what a just an electric kid still, you know still had some awesome. nice still had some nice stats on the night it sounds like 
Yeah, he did. Well, he and did. We, we always, like I said, we always kind of tend to lean to talk about offense. Tell us a little more about your defense this year. You held Shorecrest to 14, Mount Lake Terrace, and a, a Terrace team that has some firepower this year. You held them to seven. Who are some of the guys on that side of the football? You know, we got we got kids stepping up. We've got Max McDickin, Mason Podol, Caleb Podol, Gavin Maynard, uh, Oscar Adams, Lucas Bosa, uh, we got Andrew Siemens, we got Cole Taylor, we got Easton Leonard, you got Parker Jackson, you got Sammy Flores, you got uh, Miles Lamb, you got just dudes stepping up. Like everybody, it's just cool to see because defense is, you know, defense really to be successful on defense, you got to have 11 dudes that truthfully trust in each other and uh, rally to the ball. You know what I mean? Because there's so many, you know, the game is. It hasn't changed necessarily, but it's more of a spread out game and playmakers to make plays. And you got to rally and get guys there to make tackles because there's a lot of shifty dudes. And uh, speaking of all those teams, Mount Lake Terrace, uh, you know, shoot, they have that run, the running backs just a beast. <laughs> Xavier you know Jones, you yeah. Got, yeah, you got to get dudes there. You know what I mean? And so we honestly got a ton of guys stepping up. Uh, you know, Brody Strant is another kid, youngster, that's just stepping up. And so we we got a lot of youth on the defensive side, but they're truthfully stepping up and trusting each other. And, you know, it's, it's that constant, each of them pushing each other to step up and rise to a higher level. It, it hurt us early in the first game to lose Caden Alexander because he was just that, he was our, you know, just that dude. You just count him, play in and play out. Just, he was, his nose for the ball is absolutely amazing, you know, and so, to lose a kid like that on the defensive side, it, man, it was a hard gut punch, you know. And uh, and so our kids have just really rallied. And Caden, you know, you look at a kid like that, you should come to our, one of our practices and see that kid investing into his brothers. It's just – it's one of the coolest things as a coach to watch, to see, like, this guy is – he's well beyond his years. His, his ability to invest into others is just awesome. Well, and then offensively, you're getting it done. It looks like you've done a lot on the ground this year. I keep seeing Mason Orgill's name pop up all over the place. He had another big night on Friday. Yeah, he's just you know he's just one of those guys that uh, you get the ball in his hands and and something something good's going to happen. You know, he has a, an ability to set things up and make guys miss, and uh, and and uh, and it's just it's awesome to see. When when he's got the ball in his hands, because you just know something exciting is going to happen, and and uh, and for him to have the bigs up front make things happen, and it's just been it's been cool to see our our run game get rocking and rolling. It's been really cool to see. Okay, so give us some names on offense too. We don't want to leave those guys out. And you get might have to start with your quarterback. I think you know him a little bit, right? We've we've talked about him in the past. Yeah, Kale Hammer. Yeah, just you know, Kale's just got he's got he's got. A great attitude, a great. He really does have great leadership skills, and uh, his ability to just keep guys locked in and focused on the next play uh, is. Hey, you're bound to have bad things happen. Calls go against you, all those things, but you can't fall to it, right? You just got to stay focused and stay next play ahead. And I think that Kill's strongest attribute is his his ability to move on, his ability to lead and uh, and get get that full fullness of it out of every play and. And then you got Kyle Larson carrying the carrying the rock. That kid, the last couple of weeks, my goodness, you better get multiple sets of hands on that guy because he just he's not coming down easy. Uh, and so he's been running the ball well. You got Wyatt Dorn out just being a solid, not only just catching the ball but solid blocker on the outside. 
Uh, you got kids like Ryan Stepp stepping up out in skills position. Mason and Caleb Podol, both those two stepping up for us. Uh, tight ends, you got Gavin Maynard and Max McDickin just getting it done, just just willing to just battle in the trench and and catch critical balls in critical times, keep the chains moving. And then uh, our bigs up front. Yeah, I mean, we're super young on our O-line up front. Uh, at times we have three sophomores in there playing. And so it's been cool to see them gel together. You know what I mean? you got a couple seniors, uh, Peyton Clark, that have been there, done it, right? And so just seeing their ability to get those guys to rise up around them. Connor King, Ryder Elton, Tommy Bramble, uh, Jason Marshall, uh Pena is a kid that's helped out up on the front for us. Uh, I think I'm brain farting on a couple other. I'm names impressed. Here, You're but... doing this off the top of your head. You've named about half your <laughs> roster am. already, so I'm. I'm in... I know. I'm. I'm. I'm thankful. I'm. Re- you know. But it's it's super awesome because these kids just poured in. Yeah, you know I mean, and they just continue to grind, continue to grow. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun to see a kid. I'll tell you one kid set the boot. I didn't even mention his name yet. He started a guard for us. And that kid is a sophomore. And I mean, to tell you, he's just, man, he's just, he's that guy that just solidifies what an old lineman needs to be all about. Just all the heart in the world, his drive. He's nowhere, he's nowhere near where his potential is yet, but he's, he's sooner going to be there because of the work ethic that he has. And so, you know, just those, those little things like that, it's just, cooler and heck to see and see guys rally around each other and truthfully create that one heartbeat. You know what I mean? Always investing in those around you. That's that you're going to be the strongest version of yourself. Right. And so it's critical. So well, before, before we let you go, are you able to rattle off your coach's names that quickly too? Or do you want man. us to help? You? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a great staff. You know what I mean? I got Nick Saunders. Uh, he's been truthfully, he's the one calling the offense. Everybody wants to keep giving Coach Hammer the credit, but Nick Saunders just done a heck of a job with the offense. Uh, and then Tanner Perry working with myself on the defense, Craig Smith on defense, Will Soren, just solid dudes. Uh, Alex Fairhurst coaching O-line, uh, Lucas Reinhardt, uh, Kenny Stoll, Jeff Armstrong, uh, and I'm sure I'm, I'm leaving some names out. My goodness. We get uh, Owen. Did we get Frank? Owen Kessner, Frank Lopez, uh, Ryan Marshall, Brendan Senegal. My goodness, did I forget anybody else? I think that's it. Did, did we did we say Aaron Hammer? Aaron Hammer, he's he's just my guy, right? <laughs> he's just always the one keeping temperature control for me, and he's also he's always that you know he he's just he's always there making sure to watch out for you know. Is he the, the one team always? Is he the one holding on to your belt to keep you off the field? <laughs> he, he just. He does that at times. I don't. <laughs> you know, there was one time on Friday night, it was twenty three twenty one, in the side ref. He looked at me and said, "I don't really understand you. Sometimes it's like I feel like you should call a timeout when you're halfway on the field and you're talking to a kid." <laughs> and and uh, they were yarding me back off the field, but I was like, "Well, I only get three of those a half, so I can't just waste them." So, so, but yeah, Edmonds Woodway, what a just a gritty team and class class act coaching staff and just their kids play with heart and it, it was a fun ball game right you, league games you want to battle and and thankfully we we rallied to get her done when it when it when it mattered there the last 15 or 13 minutes and we should know? we should mention too you have a thursday night game coming up this week so if you are a fan of snohomish football seven o'clock start time thursday at snohomish high school against the linwood royals a team that's kind of licking their wounds right now so coach are you, do you worry about your guys being prepared and being able to get up for a 
a team like Linwood? Well, you got to, right? It's because it, it, truthfully, your biggest opponent is yourself, and that's what I told the, guy, the guys on Saturday. I said, "Hey, you never want to, you want to, you never want to doubt what an opponent is capable of doing, right? And not only not only your opponent, but yourself. And so, uh, we've got a short week. So does Linwood. Uh, we we you always honor and respect whoever you're going to war with, and uh, and so I look forward to it. Honestly, I think that our kids. Uh, we we got a proofs in the pudding. Film don't lie, and we got a lot of areas of growth that we need to we need to continue to climb, and and uh, we don't we don't need to waste time. You know what I mean? And so this is an opportunity this week for us to grow and get better. And Linwood is a they've got they've got dudes. You know what I mean? They've got plenty of skills and they got bigs, and so uh, they can make things happen real quick. And so, uh, no, you can't take it for granted, right? And so that's got to be our focus all week that we lock in and, and get our job done and leave no doubt. Well, Coach Joey Hammer, good luck on Thursday night, and we'll see you in a, in a few weeks when you take on the Monroe Bearcats. That'll be a war. That will be. I look forward to it, but we'll focus on Linwood right now, and, and hopefully things will take care of themselves and, and uh, go Panthers. There you go. That was Coach Joey Hammer of the Snohomish Panthers. When we come back, we'll hear from Darrington, undefeated Darrington head coach Shane Wright as Prep Sports Weekly continues right here on KRKO. At Honda of Marysville, customer satisfaction is paramount. From first-time buyers to busy families, even sensitive credit situations, we've got you covered. With thousands of five-star guru reviews, don't take my word for it. Hear what our customers have to say. I came to Honda of Marysville looking for a new car. It was the best experience I've had in my entire life. This is another five-star Google review. I love it. At Honda of Marysville, customer satisfaction is our number one priority. And we are changing the auto industry, one happy customer at a time. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while a Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. At KRKO, now more than ever, we all need to find a reason to smile. Is macaroni and cheese nicknamed Mac because it's short for macaroni or because Mac is an acronym for Mac and Cheese? Hmm. It's Tim Hunter, morning 6 to 9 on KRKO, when you can use a little smile to start your day. Snohomish PUD has been energizing life in our communities for over 70 years. That's why your PUD is a proud supporter of broadcasting Western Conference High School athletics in our community. Congratulations to our local student-athletes for excelling in sports and academics. Your PUD offers several ways to help you save energy and lower your bill. The PUD offers instant rebates on energy-saving home improvements and special low prices on efficient home products. Check out snopud.com or visit marketplace.snopud.com for ways to save. Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. I'm going to quote Coach Jimmy Johnson, sort of. How about them loggers? Yeah, and how about them logger points wise? My goodness, uh, the Darrington Loggers football team—they went three and four last year. 
They have won their first four games this season so far, 4-0, and and they are averaging 62.5 points per game. Wow. And joining us right now in studio, by the way, this in is studio kind of a guest. In studio guest, Shane Wright, not the uh, the first round draft choice by the Seattle Kraken, nope. mind you, but uh, somebody who is a little more important to us up in this neck of the woods, certainly right now until the other Shane Wright does anything. Coach Wright, uh, thank you for coming in, and congratulations on the early success to the season. This has got to be fun for you and the guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, we've been having a lot of fun this year. Um, definitely well, a, a turnaround from last year. And- we're we're enjoying it. Well, when when you're scoring seventy points in each of your first two games, and oh by the way, I should point this out too, and this has to be very gratifying. You knocked off Evergreen Lutheran seventy to eight. They beat you last year, did they not? They did. Yes, that was our opener last year, and they beat us by two points. So you go from a two point loss, I think it was forty eight forty six, to a seventy to eight. 62 point victory. I mean, what what was the uh, what was that night like for you guys? Obviously, you guys are in a little different situation too. We should state the obvious here. When you're 4A or 3A, you graduate a handful of players and you know, you have to continually you're continuously, you know, trying to find the next fit. But for you guys, you, losing three or four guys for you could be a huge thing for your season in terms of what it looks like for your team the next year or it could go the opposite way too, right? You bring some guys back. That's a huge swing, though. So what was that like for the guys to get a little revenge on a team that took them out last year? Uh, they were happy for the first quarter, and then, then I pulled my starters, and, and then <laughs> <laughs> they'd been practicing for uh, two and a half weeks and got to play one quarter, and they, were, they weren't real thrilled about that, but uh, you, you just can't stomp on a team too bad. Well, and, well, and you can't stomp on a team, and you also can't ask the guys, take a knee, take a knee, take a knee, right? Right, yes. We had... I think uh, for two and a half quarters, I had eighth graders running the ball. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you too, because I don't have the numbers here in front of me. I didn't. I don't have a roster, so you're going to tell us in real time. So we'll find out too. I know there was an article in the Herald a few years ago, and this preceded you as the head coach. So I think you're in your number three now. You were part of the program, though. Your kids were coming up through the program. They had just gone from eleven man football to eight man football. And I think at the time they had like 14 players they were suiting up on any given night. So I'm doing the math in my head going, that team couldn't have gone to the second string because they still need guys to play. What are your numbers looking right like right now? And how, how has that changed maybe in the last few years? Um, so I think I think we're at 22 kids. Mm-hmm. and 8 through 12, correct? 8th eight, grade through 12? Yep, that's 5 grades. Um, 22 kids. And we suited up 18, I believe, the other night. We had some injuries and and some tooth problems and stuff like that. Mm. But so one or two injuries for you, then that's that's a huge deal. I mean, again, if you've got 80 or 90 kids suiting up, it's the, the old next man up mentality. You start to go next man up and you start looking down the line going, how many more do we have? I mean, so what has that been like for you trying to get the, this program turned around in terms of just trying to get the, the kids in the community excited about football? We see it across the board that numbers are down, especially at some of the bigger schools. You guys can't afford to do that either. So what have you done or maybe what have you and some of your coaches and the parents done to make sure that football is still exciting and it's relevant still in, in Darrington? Um, well, our number one rule is that the kids have fun. We're not out there like drill sergeants yelling at them. We're we're having fun at practice. We're having fun during the games. Um, and this group of freshmen and sophomores that we have right now, me and my assistant coach, uh, Jason Anderson, we've been coaching those kids since they were in first grade, little peewees. So we all know each other real good. We all trust each other, and and it's it's going good. It's, it's going really good. <laughs> what is the fundamental difference between 
I, I, I know three, right? Between 11 man and eight man. Coaching, playing, watching. What, what's the And difference? we should point out too, Coach, you graduated in 99. You don't have an eight-man background. They were eleven-man football back then, right? So you're right. learning, I would imagine, as you go along too. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah. So what is the difference then? It's it's a it's a big field for eight guys. <laughs> yeah, they don't I shrink mean, the field, right? Yep. Uh, you have to make open field tackles. Uh, if a team has a fast kid and and a couple good blockers, and you don't make an open field tacker, tackle, he's gone. There's lots of lots of long plays, uh, big plays, and big scores. And big scores, yeah. <laughs> Case in point. But apparently you guys play some defense, too. You gave up eight to Evergreen Lutheran. Even We'll read the scores here real quick. You beat Muckleshoot Tribal 70-34. to Concrete uh, was 66-42. And then you had a, a low-scoring affair, a defensive battle here, I guess. I say that jokingly. This past weekend with Tulalip Heritage, it was 44-30. to uh, give us some names. Who are some of the players that are out there contributing right now? Because again, you guys were three and four last year. You've already surpassed last year's win total through four games. Yeah. Um, so some of the names we've got um, seniors. I'll, I'll name off them. We've got Keegan Thompson. He's a he's a receiver, running back type player. Um, Ashen Whitaker. He's a receiver, very fast kid. Um, good good tackler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Chase Miller. This is his first year of playing high school football, and he's a senior, and he's learning, and he's a big, strong kid, so he's helping out. And then my the last one I'll mention for a senior is Ethan uh, Benjamin, and he's our he's our go-to running back. He's 6'2", 220 pounds. He's dropped 20 pounds since last year in better shape, and uh, just a good kid and, and a workhorse for us. He plays middle linebacker for us also. 6'2", 220 on an eight-man field. That's a nice uh, nice size to have for high school. <laughs> Any yeah. underclassmen that are contributing to? Or? So, yeah, so the game against Tulalip, um, I wanted to point this out. We were down. Two of our seniors were injured. Um, another one was out from a concussion from the previous game. So we had the second half of that game, we finished with all sophomores and freshmen and one senior uh, playing. <laughs> Yeah, bodes well for the future. Yeah, the quarterback is Hunter Anderson. He's a he's a freshman. Uh, he's really I, I'm excited to see what he does in a year or two. He's, he's doing good right now. Yeah, were you able to? I mean, a lot of the same players that were playing last year just they've improved that much more and attrition from other schools. Or what what has been so much different from 2022 versus 2021 in terms of them having that success? Um, well, some of the kids are hitting weights more this year. We had some parents step up and and open the weight room in the morning mm. for the kids uh, while I'm at work. <laughs> and so that's helping. Um, Coaching-wise, we've learned more about eight-man football. This is only our third season of coaching eight-man football. Sure. So, mm-hmm. um, that's that's helped. Um, yeah. How, how important is the community support in Darrington? I mean, obviously, Tom and I got to go up there. And Tom had been there before, right, Tom? Yeah, I, yeah. I had not. You and I went to a basketball game up there. I guess it was <laughs> right before the pandemic, and Coach Ross had us up there and watched a game and whatnot. But just to see what that community is like, and on terms of on game night, I've got to think Friday night is even different. Uh, how is it in terms of you already mentioned some of the parents stepping up and opening the weight room up? I know before you were the head coach, I'd read that you were kind of the one, you think you and maybe it's even your assistant coach now, you had kind of done some of the pregame meals, I think, for some of the kids or something like that, or is that not? No. Okay. (laughs) I'm going back to that Herald article from a few years ago, but it mentioned that a lot of times the kids would come out and the Pee Wee guys would still have their jerseys on from 
from earlier, and then they'd, there'd be like a, a meal before the game or whatever. And just talk a little bit about the Darrington community and, and what it's like to to experience football up there. You, you're a graduate, so obviously you've you've seen it from, from both angles, right? Yeah, um, we've we've had good turnouts. Uh, well, we've only had one home game this year, but it was a good turnout. Um, we've got we've been doing team dinners after practice on Thursdays. I think we skipped last week, but um, yeah, the great support from from the parents and the community. Um, and I apologize to whoever made the dinners before. I was trying to give Coach Wright all the credit there. <laughs> so, somebody was making those dinners in that article I read once upon a time there. But well, and also you mentioned coaches. You you mentioned your assistant coach. Is it just you and one other coach, or do, who do you have on your staff? No, there's actually five of us. There's uh, me, Jason Anderson. He's the assistant coach, and then we have Mason McKenzie, who is um, he has a little brother on the team, and he's teaching at the school. And Nick Requay was our quarterback last year. He asked me if he could help out. He's going to Everett Community College, so he he's around. So mm-hmm. he said, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Evan Couch is a former player too from a few years ago, and he's they played eight man, so we asked him to help. Oh, there you go. So we could have somebody that knew something about eight-man football <laughs> yeah the, the legacy of the of the program and, and obviously Darrington had so many good pro teams back in the day what does it mean for you as the coach and, and now as also a member of the community to see this team rising up and to have some success knowing what it can be and where it should be it's great it's it's, it's what I wanted and, it, and I think it's only going to get better in the next few years it's uh it's something to take pride in yeah. now, talk about your league you, you your league is spread out all over the place, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it. You get on the bus; it's a long way anyway. Just leaving Darrington. Yeah, we've got Nia Bay, right, which is on the tip of the state, way out there, and that's an overnight. Oh, deal you do. When you go out there, okay. Yeah. And then Crescent is not far from Nia Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lummy, Lummy Nation up in uh, Ferndale, right, right, and then uh, Concrete. Okay. Concrete's a good one. It's a close one. 25-minute drive. <laughs> yeah. Up the back highway, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's north yep. meets south and west go, right? <laughs> 25 right. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then um, I was thinking, oh, Muckleshoot Tribal, right? Uh, they're not actually in our league. Okay. Yeah. But, but you do play them? We do, yep. Okay. They, yep. That was that was one of the 10 touchdown games for you guys, 70, <laughs> yeah. 70 to 34. You mentioned Lummy a minute ago. That's your opponent on Friday. That is, yeah. N- another road trip. So uh, what are you expecting from your team? Well, we better be ready to cover the pass. They they throw the ball a lot, and I think it's going to be a good a good evenly matched game. Hmm. It'll be uh, it'll it'll be our toughest game so far. You said they throw the ball a lot. Do you throw the ball a lot? Uh, when we have to. Okay. Yeah. Let <laughs> well, me might be listening. So we gotta <laughs> okay. All right. Well, and and I hate to bring this up, Coach, but you're here. Sixty-two to six last year. Did I see that right from Lummy? Yep. So yep. another revenge game. Do you do you use that to motivate the kids a little bit? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh we've we've had a tough time with Lummy and Nia Bay. Uh huh. And since I've been coaching, they're they're tough teams. And you got them coming up back to back this weekend. Crescent again too. I should mention. And you get concrete one more time. I saw yeah. the schedule. So you've uh, you've already beaten them this year. So the over under on number of wins for Darrington is pretty good right now. Uh, Coach, thank you very much for coming in here. By the way, this is a, an exciting time for us. We've we talked Darrington football from time to time here. We've certainly 
uh, talked about the eye popping numbers for the last few weeks, but to actually get some names and attach them, and now to uh, to get a face to the uh, the head coach, this is a good experience for us. So uh, certainly happy to have the the loggers uh, on board here, and wishing you guys all the best. Ain't right, the head coach for the Jarrington Loggers. There you go, and we'll be back with more Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Working with your own two hands to keep the industries in the Pacific Northwest moving forward. It's possible at Everett Engineering, machining and fabrication services to make new and replacement parts for all industries. Everett Engineering supports the people, keeps the Puget Sound area growing, and now we're growing too. If you've got experience as a manual machinist, CNC programmer, or you're just interested in starting a career, find employment opportunities and benefits at everettengineering.com. Equal opportunity employer. Again, everettengineering.com. The first impression is the most important, so trust your first impression to Screen Printing Northwest. Get your logo embroidered on a shirt or hat. Make a statement with custom screen printed shirts and hoodies for your business, school, or event. And relax knowing that your first impression is in the hands of the area's experts for a quarter century. Screen Printing Northwest in downtown Everett. Online at ScreenPrintingNW.com. That's ScreenPrintingNW.com. Whether you're talking about a building or a sports team, the foundation has to be strong. Smoky Point Concrete and Skagit Ready Mix have been a big part of so many strong foundations across the community, and they're not going anywhere. Concrete, sealants, aggregates, and so much more, supplying the best contractors around. Servicing the community for over four decades, Smoky Point Concrete believes in building teams and communities the old-fashioned way, the same way that has served us all for so many years. Proud to support local sports, SmokyPointConcrete.com. When you need to get a screwdriver fast for that one weird screw, Ace is the place. When you want to get that luxury riding lawnmower you've been researching for months, Ace is the place. And for everything in between, Ace is the place. Ace Hardware is where convenience meets quality. And when you shop at the Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens, you're shopping at an Eaglestad Ace Hardware. Locally owned by Christine Eaglestad. She lives here. Her kids went to school here. She's dedicated to the Lake Stevens community. So the next time you find a weird screw, or when it's time to get that riding mower, stop in to your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens. Sports Weekly continues here on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willett. How about 4-0? How does that sound? Well, especially when you had a rough year last year. I think they've already quadrupled their win total from last year, if I read this correctly. The Cedar Crest Red Wolves, 4-0 to start the season. And uh, joining us right now, their head coach, who's been on the show before, but it's been a few years now. That's kind of what the pandemic does. It sets right. us all back, and I think it's been three years since we've had him on. John Fiala joining us right now. Coach, uh, congratulations on an undefeated season thus far. Thank you. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we're off to a great start, and uh, the kids are excited, and uh, we're playing well right now. Okay, so the obvious question, you're 4-0 this year. I, I mean, I hate to bring up bad memories, but did I see that correctly? It was a one-win season last year, right? Yes, we did. We uh, we had one win last year, so we are, we're in the independent schedule, which we were the prior year before that. And So coming out of COVID, it's, it was just an interesting time to, to where the players are and things like that. So but we were ended up playing a lot of teams up north. Uh, you know, we were playing Cedar Woolley and Linden and Linden Christian and Seaholm. And we had a, we had a pretty uh, tough schedule last year. So we, we had the opportunity to build a lot of grit uh, last year with the schedule we had. And so 
this year we've got a new schedule uh, coming into this, but uh, our players have been working their tails off this off season and preparing, and uh, you can definitely see how the, the work they put in over the summer and the preparation is uh, paying off uh, in dividends right now for the season starting right now, being 4-0. So hard work, preparation, the grit from going through that schedule last year. On top of all of that, how about talent-wise? How is this team looking? How are you feeling about this team and what they've been able to uh, accomplish in the first you know, month? We've, yeah, we've had a lot of uh, players kind of just to be able to kind of come into their own, which has been exciting. And so we've had uh, – it's been a big shift once COVID got done and uh, our kids have understand the, the commitment that it takes. And a lot of them have gotten to the weight room. And it's just amazing the, the size and the strength and the armor that they're putting on once they get into that weight room. And then – kind of becomes contagious on the team. Everyone wants to start looking like that and being strong and things like that. And so that's had a big impact on our team this year. And then uh, we've got a real, you know, we've got some good leaders on our uh, senior class, uh, but we have a large junior class where a lot of those kids are contributing a lot to the program. And right now I'm having a lot of success. I've been having this argument with a friend of mine, and I want you to jump in for me here. Uh, He is a former coach in the area, uh, has retired from coaching for the time being, and I personally like these independent schedules. I, I think that in terms of what it allows for not only coaches but for schools to do to get kids more involved again and, and maybe the kids that are on the fence and don't want to go out and get beat up 60 to nothing every game if the schedule it calls for it, the, the fact that we have these opportunities now, I think it's a positive thing. My, my friend thinks that you, know, you, you develop character by going out and playing those 60 to nothing games. Where do you stand in all of this, and what has it meant for your program? Maybe you can kind of give me a testimonial as far as what it means for your kids, because I've got to think that when they start to look at the schedule going into the summer, I've got to think it gives them a little more motivation to get into the weight room and go through some of those, uh, those hard enduring times when they're, when they're working out, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's a question that comes up all the time, uh, especially since we've been in the independent schedule. And so um, it's, been, it's been really good for us. It gives us the direction of uh, just kind of inspiration and some hope. Um, but it, it, can get, it can get hard. You've got to find those uh, moments where you're digging deep as a coach and a player when you're playing a, a pretty stacked season and uh, you're, you're coming up with losses. But the kids, it gives an opportunity for a program to rebuild and to be able to kind of get that confidence and to continue to get those numbers for the players to be able to develop so your program at the end of the day becomes stronger. So uh, we look at it as going through an independent schedule. It gives us opportunity to you know, help get our players in a better position to succeed at times and to also to learn about winning, also learn about losing. But then it also gets us ready for the future when we're ready to get back into the conference and to be able to compete with some of those teams that are in the top tier of state. Well, and from the coaching standpoint and maybe the players as well, is it kind of exciting to see a lot of new teams on your schedule? I mean, obviously, I've got to think it means a little more prep work for the coaches because you're, you're scouting teams that you've never seen before in some cases. Are you enjoying that process right now? It is. I know when we, you know, we're learning about a lot of new teams that we're playing and new offenses and defenses that we haven't prepped for in the past. And But that's always exciting because you're always learning. You're always trying to grow as a staff. And with uh, our schedule in the past, when we used to play up north, I mean, we were we were playing up in Cedar Woolley and uh, you know Seaholm and Bellingham or Oak Harbor, and so uh, we we had a uh, you know a 25 minute over to Juanita when we played um, Cedar Park Christian, and that seemed like the shortest trip we've ever had before. So some of those <laughs> things are nice; it gets the fans nearby and things like that. So it's been a good fit for our program so far this year. Well, four wins this season, and you scored 42 on Shorewood the other night. Who are some of the key contributors players-wise so far? I, I know I understand you guys had a, a pretty big breakout game from one of your star receivers the other night. 
Yes, uh, definitely. One of our receivers, uh, J.T. Marsh, who is a junior, and so he had a standout night. He had six receptions for 214 yards and three TDs. He had a long of 80 yards, so he was averaging in that game 30 half, 35 and a half yards for a catch, and so that was outstanding. And then Timmy Ojeda uh, Silva, he also had uh, 111 yards with one touchdown, also. So we kind of started out this uh, this season of you know establishing our run game, and then we're finally getting our uh, passing game to. Uh, you know, be where it needs to be, and that actually came in, in place during Shorewood. So we've had uh, it was a great game, and so we also had a phenomenal uh, game from one of our inside linebackers, Brock Warden, who ended up with a total of 19 tackles. He Ooh. had uh, 14 tackles and five assists, and he is he is a spark plug in the middle and just a great tackler. Well, he's I'm looking at your roster right now. Not not the biggest guy in the world either, so that's kind of cool. No, yeah, he. But I mean, he's got a heart of gold, and he works hard, and he's got a nose for the football. And he's, he's, you know, I coach the linebackers also. He's just an absolute delight to, uh, to uh, coach. And so he's he's averaging uh, ten tackles a game. And then uh, you might recognize this name, uh, Reese Yell. That's my son. He's also he's averaging eight tackles a game as a, as a weak side linebacker. Also, so there's a lot of players that are stepping up to the plate. Um, not just seniors, but a lot of younger players also, which is exciting. Well, and I'm looking at your your son doesn't have the number 57. Is that a uh... No, he wanted he want to go his own direction, his own number, which is which is fun. Yeah, we should point out John was a star player at the University of Washington back in the day. I watched him many times play football there. Yeah. So I've got to think. Is yeah, that one of our other? Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say one of our one of our other players. Uh, we have a one of our um, our running backs who injured himself. Our starting member back, Jake Demarcio, on the third play of our first game, and we had a. Our young uh, sophomore, Dylan Harchie, come in and step in. And so he's been a phenomenal uh, addition to this program. At Cedar Park Christian, he ended up with 193 yards. And then at Sammamish, he had 143 yards also. So he is uh, helping us establish the run game also in our program. Looking at some of the guys you've mentioned, every time you mention when I'm looking at the roster here, you haven't mentioned a lot of seniors yet. And then I'm looking, you don't have a lot of seniors. So this is a, uh, is this a team that's built kind of for the future as well? Yeah, you know, I mean, we have 11, we have 11 seniors and we've got 22 juniors. And so we're excited about the depth that we have. Uh, we've had the most depth that we've ever had in, uh, in the past, which is exciting because in the past we used to be able to just run, you know, we have to run a lot of guys two ways and they'd just be exhausted by the end of the day. But we, we have a lot of depth and we're actually rotating people and there's not a big drop off when we get that, uh, that second group in, which is always encouraging. Okay, and also we should mention, uh, like I said, we had John three years ago. I feel like I recognize some of the assistant names. Has your assistant coaching staff changed much? And who are some of those guys? Yeah, Let's we, give them a shout-out. Yeah, we, we, we've had a little bit of turnover. Um, we still have our defensive coordinator, uh, Pete Hartzell, and so he's been here ever since with uh, since I've been here, and he's, he's a grand, great addition to the program. Former uh, Monroe Bearcat. With. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's uh, he's got the college coaching experience or playing experience, and so – He's done a great job with that. And so, I mean, even with our defense uh, playing against Cedar Park Christian, we only allowed a total of 16 yards total uh, offense, which was a great contribute to what he's able to install and to uh, coach our defensive side. And then this year we've, uh, we have a new offensive coordinator, uh, Eric Cavanaugh. And so he's coming in and he's been a, he's a great leader and he is, uh, leads with grit and uh, his smarts. And we also added um, – Another coach, Coach Bear, and so he's coming from Hayes in high school, and so he's uh, helping out with on the offensive side too. So we've got a lot of great coaches that uh, all believe in the same philosophy that we do as a, as a coaching staff uh, that we carry over to all these kids, which is very important. Tell us about the five minutes of life. What, what is that, and what does that mean to Cedar Crest football? 
so I appreciate that. Yeah, so that's that's one of the the boys' favorite things during the week. And so five minutes of life is uh, we'll have a team dinner every Thursday, and so we'll take five minutes out of our busy week, and we'll talk about things that actually will carry over on life that are very important that some of these kids might not know. So we'll talk about how to change a car tire or how to uh, charge a dead battery or how to uh, have a job interview or how to shake hands or how to set a table mat when you go to homecoming or how to you know introduce yourself to parents when things like that or have good communication skills and so it's been fun for the kids we get them involved and things like that and those are all the things that you know there's so much we can always talk about x's and o's but the things that are most important in life are some of these five minutes of life that we can contribute to what they will actually use in the real world oh great for you to do that that's outstanding and i guess one final question here too shorecrest on friday night what does that look like uh we've We've had the Shorecrest uh, coach on here, Brandon Christensen, this year. Uh, what are you expecting from the Scots over at your place, I should mention, too? Yeah, so uh, we're excited to have uh, be back at home again. We've been on the road for two weeks, and so uh, it's going to be Cedar Crest's homecoming. So I know the, the players are excited about that. And, uh, you know, they, they've, had, they've got a quarterback that can uh, sling that ball. He's got a, a strong arm, and they, they definitely can open up and like to throw that ball a lot. So, um, you know, they, they've played a lot of good opponents already, but uh, we're excited about the opportunity for those guys to come to uh, Cedar Crest High School. Well, definitely. We should also mention, too, if anybody wants to see Cedar Crest this year, you've got some games in our neck of the woods coming up, too. A week from this Friday, you're over at Edmonds uh, Stadium playing Meadowdale. That's on October 7th. And then you've got back-to-back games against Everett and Cascade, two teams we're very familiar with. And the latter of those two games on October 21st, you're over at Everett Memorial taking on a very good Cascade Bruins team. So, uh, John, hopefully we'll get a chance to see you this year. And, again, congratulations on the 4-0 start for Cedarcrest and continued success to you and the guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. There you go. That is John Fiala, the head coach of the Cedarcrest Red Wolves. When we come back, we'll talk about the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. The banquet's coming up on Wednesday. We'll talk with Rich Haldy of the Hall of Fame Committee right after this timeout on KRKO. As long as there have been kids in baseball, there has been... And for over 40 years, Glass by Lund has been there to pick up the pieces with high-quality service and installation. But Glass by Lund is much more than windows. Mirrors, shower doors, new screens, and tabletop glass are all done with a superior selection of the leading brands. For commercial or residential service in Snohomish County, stop by Glass by Lund showroom just south of Frontier Village in Lake Stevens or online at glassbylund.com. In just four years, Marysville Toyota has earned the highest Google scores among all Metro Toyota dealers and is rated number one in customer satisfaction by Toyota in the Seattle Metro region. They're honored to support this community through our sponsorship of the Safeway Foundation, Pink the Rink, Make Strides Against Breast Cancer, the Strawberry Festival, the Marysville Arlington and Lake Stevens Chamber of Commerce, Rotary, and now the KRKO Marysville Toyota High School Player of the Game. Come experience the power of one. One price, one person, one hour. Go to MarysvilleToyota.com. Make your plans now to attend the annual Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame Banquet on Wednesday, September 22nd at Angel of the Winds Arena. This year, we're honoring the Hall of Fame class of 2020, including Cascade High School and UCLA Bruins soccer player Sean Henderson. Long time. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 Law 0842. 
The best and brightest gather at the 2022 Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame induction banquet on Wednesday, September 28th at the Edward D. Hansen Conference Center at Angel of the Winds Arena in downtown Everett. This year's nominees include Jim Carter, football official for 51 years in Snohomish County who officiated six state championships and 10 all-star games. Robert Polk, Everett School District Athletic Director who served local students at the local, regional, state and national levels. And the 1982 Arlington Eagles girls basketball team won AA Girls Basketball State Championship and finished their season with 12 straight wins. Tickets for this outstanding annual event are on sale now at snowcosports.org. The Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame Banquet, Wednesday, September 28th at Angel of the Winds Arena. Sponsored in part by the Snohomish County Sports Commission and Everett's Greatest Hits, K-R-K-O. For tickets and information, go to snowcosports.org. That's snowcosports.org. Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance knows that good coverage counts. Whether you're running through the defense to the end zone, finding a good position for the game-winning three-pointer, or if the neighbors need to refine their fastball. And here comes the pitch. Oh, sorry. Coverage is important. Call Mike Dixon to find out what coverage is best for you. And pretty soon, you'll be Stixon with Dixon. That's Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance in Old Town Local TO. Call 425-375-0860 today. Because coverage counts. Prep Sports Weekly continues on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willett. You know, once a year, it rolls up every year. It does. It's a it's an event that you missed last year. And I did. The event didn't happen the year before, correct? So right. It's been a while for you to get back to an event in which you're an, you're an inductee. So it's just right down there, right? It At is. Angel of the Winds Arena. Well, tell okay. us what we're talking about. <laughs> the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony is Wednesday night. Yeah, a great event, by the way. Again, I uh, attended my first one, what, seven or eight years ago now, and I do not want to miss this every year. This is one of the things I look most forward to if you're a fan of, of Snohomish County sports in general, to hear the names and the stories of some of the people that have gone in in the past, and not only that, but also the ones that are being inducted in any given year. Just a really neat moment, and uh, looking forward to another one on Wednesday night this week. And we're welcoming Rich Haldy from the uh, Hall of Fame Sports Committee, who's joining us here on Prep Sports Weekly. Rich, how are you tonight? I'm really good, thank you. Good evening. Good evening, good evening. Well, tell us about, let's get the nuts and bolts out of the way on Wednesday. What are we what are people going to expect when they come to the banquet? Well, there's going to be eight individual inductees, uh, four athletes, two coaches, two sports contributors, and one uh, basketball team, the Arlington Girls, which was the first girls basketball team to win state once the playoffs started. And that was the Arlington Eagles, I think it's 1982, uh, girls basketball team. And they're Excited and ready to go. Remind us really quickly, too, how do people get inducted into this Hall of Fame? Well, there's a committee. It's been going on since about 2009, and uh, the public can nominate people as well as the committee members. 
And to be eligible, if you're an individual, you must have grown up in the county, lived in the county, participated as an athlete in the county and beyond. And then if you uh, say you were a coach who maybe didn't grow up in Snohomish County, but eventually ended up here and coached for many years and uh, was very successful and was nominated and met the other criteria, then uh, you have to be, if you're an athlete, you have to be retired uh, five years from competing and coach, it's it's two to three years. You have to be retired, and sports contributors, they don't have to be retired. Oh, good. Hence, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why Tom Lafferty's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's run down the names of the people. Let's talk about the sports contributors going in. You said there's two of them. Yes, there is. There's uh, Robert Polk, who uh, is well-known for being the um, Everett Public School District Athletic administrator and activities administrator for 17 years. Came from uh, Olympic High where he taught math and coached and did that for 17 years here in Everett District and was well respected and honored and unfortunately unexpectedly died about a year and a half ago. So that's Robert Polk. Jim Carter and Jim has been an, uh, an official and I think it's primarily football. Yep. But for many, many, many years, it could even be as many as 48 years. And he's going to be inducted. He is in the official Washington State Officials Hall of Fame. And uh, he's he's a, really a very well-known, highly respected uh, football official. And I, I'm not sure if he did officiating in other sorts as well, but he probably did. Let me go to the coach, Ernie, Ernie Goshome, a well-known cross-country um, coach, coached for many years in, in the Edmond School District, and he did some, some coaching at Lake Stevens, won uh, quite a few state championships with both boys and girls cross-country. So, uh, and, You know, and the other coach you're going to bring up here, how is he already not in the Hall of Fame? And he's one you don't remember, Tom. I don't remember him. <laughs> uh, Rich Halder, you may remember Enoch Bagshaw, but I, I, we're too young here. Well, back in nine, he, uh, I'm pretty sure he grew up in, in Everett and played at Everett High, but I'm not sure that's uh, accurate. But he coached at, at Everett High School, and in 1920, well, in 1919, they almost won the national championship. Mm -hmm. And then they came back in 1920 and won the national championship. And um, he, he coached uh, at Everett High. And before that, he played at the University of Washington, and he also, after coaching at Everett High, he went on to coach at, at the University of Washington, and, I, and I, he is in the Hall of Fame at the University of Washington. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if he's as a coach or a player, but he may be in there as both. Coached the team to two Rose Bowls, so I think definitely as a, <laughs> as a coach, so yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's Enoch Bagshaw. And that's right, and uh, a good amount of history in there. And that team in 1920, of course, is one of the, I believe, an inaugural, may not be inaugural, but at least was honored as a team, as a, inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think, the second year, 2011. Mm -hmm. Then let's talk about the athletes that are going in. Okay, there's uh, Grady Sizemore who was a three-sport athlete at Cascade and I think player of the year in, a, in uh, maybe maybe football and baseball and he was a 
an outstanding basketball player as well, was recruited by a number of schools to play football, and several of them said that he could play football and baseball, which is unusual in these days, uh, but he decided to, he was drafted after a cascade and went had a really very nice, outstanding major league career, uh, and he is he is now retired, so he is unable to attend the banquet, but he's going to do, he has a, a a video acceptance speech, and he will be represented by his high school coach, Bob Snison. So that's Greedy Sizemore, probably one of the best athletes to come out of Snohomish County. He's on the short list. (laughs) He's on the short list. And then there is Bianca Roland, who was a a basketball or a volleyball player. And she was, I believe she started at Linwood and then went to Kings. She was all state in high school a couple of years. Outstanding high school volleyball player, went on to the UW and was a starter for four years at the UW, was at uh, All-America two years. And I think she was second team All-American as a senior, then went on and played some international volleyball for several years. And, um, Oh, there was this one team she was on that was one of the the premier team in the U.S. Florida Uh, Wave. Yeah, that's a big deal. And so she just had a baby about maybe a week ago now, maybe 10 days ago. So we're hoping that she can make it. But her her dad, Ronnie Rowland, former UW running back, he's going to be there. And maybe her brother will be there. We're hoping to be on it. Bianca can make it. Having a baby a week to 10 days ago is... We don't, you and I don't know what that's like. <laughs> no, but, no. Uh, so we're hoping Bianca can make it. Um, but she, but she's going to be well represented there. And I've talked to her several times, and she's just a delight to talk to. So next we have uh, Daryl Storkson, the bowler, ever high grad. And uh, he was an outstanding competitor in bowling, a nationally acclaimed bowler, a senior masters type bowler, won many championships, is in uh, the Hall of Fame of the Reader Seattle Bowling Association and the Professional Bowling of America Association um, Hall of Fame. So he, he's... Uh, He's done it all for bowling. I think he's an Everett High 1961 graduate, and he sent us a lot of memorabilia that just packed your whole living room. <laughs> they always have bowling trophies. That's what we always they talk have about. a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think uh, my wife and I, we do we help set up all these banquet memorabilia displays, and I think Daryl's got the biggest trophy so far. <laughs> Not bad considering yeah. Grady Sizemore's got like gold gloves and a silver slugger award, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And Grady, Grady has sent his uh, high school football helmet. He sent his Cascade uh, letter jacket. So they'll be on display. And, and get this. He doesn't even want his letter jacket back, and we're trying to talk him into short. Greedy, you got to have that letter jacket. Your kids are going to wonder about it one of these days. That's right. <laughs> so let me go on to the... The next athlete, or and that's uh, Carol Quarterman Coomerly, a swimmer, Cascade grad in 1985, and she was a champion swimmer in high school at Cascade, both individually and on some of the, the teams. And then she went on to Pacific Lutheran University and swam there for four for four years. And however they do that in swimming, she has at least and maybe more than this, but she has at least 17 All-America-type certificates for different championships, and whether she was 
swam individually or was on a medley team. So she's a she's in the Pacific Lutheran Hall of Fame, and uh, she is very excited to be there to, to Wednesday night, and, and her bio is just incredible. Well, very good. So, And then we mentioned already the 1982 Arlington girls basketball team, which I would imagine most of them are, are still going to, are planning on coming as well. Is that correct? Yeah, they and they were inducted into the Arlington High School Hall of Fame this last basketball season. Larry Walker is their inductee ambassador, and he's he's just uh, he's really incredibly happy that he's able to do that. Of course, he had a grandson play up there and a granddaughter and another grandson coming along. So he's just the right guy to be the inductee ambassador. <laughs> he's really excited about being that because they are just they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of uh, attention on Wednesday night because they're they're just coming off of it and I guess they were just really lit the place up at Arlington when they were inducted. Yeah, definitely. No, he still has the the uh, the Walkers and the Martins up there, both uh, his uh, his yeah. grand grand uh, kids. So yeah, looking forward to it. And again, we should mentioned Wednesday night. Uh, the event itself, if people have tickets, 4 o'clock, 4.30? What, what time does it start for people? When do the doors open? Well, you can come at 4.30 and you can um, there's the inductee banquet displays and then there's the wall murals and I believe they're making progress on getting the 2022 wall mural up by that night. All that is happening at 4.30. You can come and visit those areas and socialize and be part of the whole thing and then the banquet starts at about six o'clock and terry holliman is this year's speaker terry holliman cascade uw and you hear terry holliman on the radio every once in a while as well well thanks very much rich haldy from the snohomish county sports hall of fame and we'll see you on wednesday night oh thank you and enjoy doing it and here's who's been on tonight's show joey hammer head coach of the snohomish panthers football team from Darrington, their head football coach, undefeated, Shane Wright. From Cedarcrest, John Fiala, head football coach. And we just heard from the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame committee member, Rich Haldy. Today's show brought to you by Screen Printing Northwest, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Community Transit, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, Smoky Point Concrete, Marysville Toyota, Everett Engineering, the Snohomish County PUD, Glass by Lund, Ace Hardware Store in Lake Stevens, and by GSR Rental in Monroe. Coming your way on a Friday night, we will have the battle for the Stilly Cup. It's a stand with Spartans and the Arlington Eagles. 6.30 pregame show right here on KRK. 7 o'clock, the kickoff from John C. Larson Stadium in Arlington. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Lafferty. Thanks for being with us. Prep Sports Weekly every Monday night. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett. K237GN AM 1380 and FM 953. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO.
Jackson, Billy Jean. K-R-K-O.